I really was thinking seriously about setting, letting uh, Brother Sammy sing. Uh, what do you think? No? <laughs> brought your Bibles, turn to John chapter 13. While you're turning there, let me share a card with you. It says, thank you, our dear friends in Christ, for all the cards and food and visits, most of all for your prayers. It's been a pretty rough recovery, but we're both on the mend now. Thank you, and this is from Philip and Carolyn Vincent. 
And so we're happy that things are going much better for Philip and Carolyn. John chapter 13, I'd like for us to look at verse 18 and following. I'm going to refer also uh, to a couple of other Gospels that record this. And so if you will, you may be flipping back and forth to Matthew or to Mark or Luke. Or, and so we want to kind of focus uh, this morning on John's account, John 13. And we'll look at verse 18 uh, through about verse 30. Jesus said, And I speak not of you all, I know whom I have chosen, but that the Scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I'll tell you before it come, that when it was come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me. He that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit, and he testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on the other, doubting of whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spoke. He then, lying on Jesus' breath, said unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spoke unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Jesus had said unto him, Buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. If someone came up to you today and asked you who you believed was the most despicable person who ever lived, what name would you give them? Now, perhaps you would say, that would be Hitler. Hitler is responsible for killing at least three million Jews. You're in the Holocaust. Or you might say Nero. Nero, the Roman emperor, who made it his desire and his delight to persecute and to kill Christians. Or you might say, well, that would be Osama bin Laden, who was responsible for killing thousands of Americans on 9-11-01. But the most despicable name in all of human history is the name Judas. It's a name that we try to avoid. Uh, not, we would not even name our dog Judas, not to mention our children, because Judas Iscariot is the person who betrayed the Son of God. Now, in the Bible, he's referred to by many other titles. He's referred to as the betrayer, 
He's referred to as a devil, a thief, the son of perdition. But Luke gives him a title as the traitor in Luke chapter 6 verse 16, referred to as the traitor. Now there have been many traitors in American history. Perhaps you remember most famous one, perhaps Benedict Arnold, who was a traitor during the Revolutionary War. But Judas is remembered not as a traitor against his country, but as a traitor against the Son of God. Psalm 55, verse 12. Listen to what God's Word says. And this is, this is really, verse 12 is really a prophecy in regards to the inner thoughts of Jesus after Judas betrayed him. Listen to this prophecy. Psalm 55, verse 12. For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me, then I would have hid myself from him. And then verse 21, he says, The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. Prophecy and how Jesus responded to the betrayal of Judas. Now, there are a lot of things that we do not understand when we begin to discuss Judas. Uh, there are a lot of unanswered questions in regards to Judas. How could he have been chosen as a disciple by Jesus? Or how could he have been given a position? Or how could he have been given honor or privilege as a disciple of Jesus? Well, I don't know any of the answers to those questions. However, the life of Judas gives us some insight in how he was able to betray the Son of God for 30 pieces of silver. The life of Judas gives us insight. And you say, well, I would never do that. Be careful. Be careful what you say. Because your actions speak louder than your words. First of all, I want us to notice the priority of his life. Judas had a priority in his life. His priority is found in John chapter 13. Look at verse 29. He says, For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag that Jesus said unto him, Buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. His priority is found in John 13, verse 29, when it says that Judas had the bag. He was the treasure of the disciples. He took care of all their finances. He took care of all their, their funds, all their money. However, Scripture reveals that Judas was a man in love with material possessions. He was obsessed with material possessions. Turn, if you will, one chapter back to John chapter, thir uh, John chapter 12. A familiar passage. John chapter 12. And if you would look at verse, uh, verse 1. 
It says, And then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. And there they made him a supper. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of thicknard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Verse 4. Then saith one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, he had the bag and bear what was put therein. This one experience revealed the priority of his life. Jesus wasn't his priority, but money was his priority. The Bible says in verse 6, of chapter 12 that he was a thief. <coughs> Meaning that he'd taken proceeds out of the bag and put in his own treasure, put in his own bag. His priority was not Jesus, but his priority was money. Now, so... when Mary comes in with a generous gift, when the generous gift was given to Jesus... Judas revealed his priority and he criticized the giver and he criticized the gift. That's a trait of a Judas personality. And I believe that personality trait exists today in Phil Camel, Alabama. That's too much money to spend on a church building. That's a waste of money. They need to spend that money on something else. There's a lot of other things they could give to. Nothing said about a new stadium in Alabama or Auburn or some other university. Isn't it strange? How the generosity of one toward the Lord brings about criticism from a Judas personality? How do you respond to what people do for the Lord? Let me just share this. How you respond to what people do for the Lord speaks volumes about you. One gospel said that Judas considered the woman's gift a waste. You see, whatever you give to the Lord is never a waste. John chapter 12, look at verse 7. Then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my burial. Bearing hath she kept this. For the poor always you have with you. But me, you have not always. Jesus was just saying, Judas, your priority should be me. Judas, 
I should be first in your life. So the question we're faced with this morning is, is Jesus first in your life? Jerry Vine said it this way in his book. He says, Judas was often at the side of Jesus, but never on the side of Jesus. Judas saw the miracles, heard the teaching, heard the preaching, but he really never knew Jesus. Is your number priority, number one priority in your life, Jesus? His priority encouraged his betrayal. Number two. His propensity encouraged him to betray Jesus. Now, the word propensity means leaning toward. It means an inclination toward. It means leaning in a certain direction. John 13, look at verse 8. John 13, verse 8. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered and said, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part of me. Look at verse 7. Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter in verse 9 said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my feet. Jesus said to him in verse 10, He that is washed needeth not say to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and you are clean, but not all. Jesus said, you know, I just need to wash you one time. Now from time to time there's a repentance needed in your life. And Judas had never responded to that genuine repentance in his life. He really did not, he really did not know Jesus in a personal way. He did not know him in an intimate way. And so in order for us to know Jesus, we have to know him in a in a in a personal way. So the question today is simply this. Is Jesus Christ, do you know him in a very personal way, in a very intimate way? Look at John 13, look at verse 18. He says, I speak not of all, or you all, I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled, he that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. There again, propensity, an inclination towards something, a tendency towards something, leaning in a certain direction. Notice the first part of that verse in verse 18. I speak not of all of you or you all. I know whom I've chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. And then he quotes Psalms 41 verse 9. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. He's lifted up his heel. That's a, that's a picture of violent hatred, to lift up your heel. That's a picture of contempt. That is an inclination to betray. That is a, a leaning toward betrayal. 
He said there in verse 18, I know whom I've chosen, but the Scripture may be fulfilled. If Judas had just picked up the Scripture and began to read the Scripture, he would have saw himself in the Scripture. He would have discovered himself in the Scripture. You know, I believe that's why some people don't read the Bible. Because when they read the Bible, they see themselves. And as you open your Bible, you see the propensity of life. You see that how dark and depraved your heart is. You see that you're created not just for good, but you have, you have the, the trait of Adam and that you're created in, as a sinner. You have that pro, the propensity to do evil. Judas had that. Look at John 13, verse 21. When Jesus had thus said, He was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. This is important. Here's the point. At this very moment, the, the disciples, they discovered the potential for betrayal was in each one of their hearts. Each one. They began to ask, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it me? Is it I? Am I going to do this? Matthew's account said that they all began to ask, is it I? So Jesus, I believe with all of my heart, did everything possible to provoke the conscience of Judas that night to stop him from the betrayal. (laughs) Nobody suspected Judas. I mean, he was a member of the Twelve. He was active. He was part of the group. He he had position in the group. But you see, Jesus knew his heart. He knew the inclination of his heart, the propensity of his heart, the way that he was leaning. He knew that. So you can't hide your true heart from God. You may be hiding behind your your baptism or you may be hiding behind your giving or hiding behind some position or hiding behind some talent or some spiritual gift. But Jesus sees the heart. Look at John 13 verse 2. John 13 verse 2. Supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. The devil had already put it in his heart to betray him. The devil went searching among that group of disciples and found an old black heart inside of Judas. Having the wrong priority, money, and leaning toward the wrong propensity, betrayal. Even with 30 pieces of silver already in his robe, he looked at Jesus and he said this, Is it I? Imagine that. You see, I believe that the Lord did everything human, humanly possible to stop Judas that night. I believe, I believe everything that night was designed to prick the conscience of Judas. I believe the washing of the feet. Can you imagine how Judas felt when Jesus came and began to wash his feet? John 13, look at verse 27. Jesus said, Now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. 
Father, glorify thy name. And then came there a voice from heaven saying, I've both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said it thundered. And others said an angel spoke to him. And Jesus in verse 30 answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but because of your sakes. Sorry, look at verse chapter 13. Let me read that again. I read chapter 12. Verse 27, chapter 13. After Jesus had ministered to his disciples. Verse 27. After the sop, Satan entered unto him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. <coughs> now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, Jesus said unto him, By those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. And then having received the sop, he went away, or he went immediately out, and it was night. It's always dark when you walk away from Jesus. You have the priority of Judas encouraged his betrayal. You have the propensity or the inclination of Judas to betray. And then you have the profanity of his life. The profanity. Does that mean that Judas cursed? Well, no. A profane person. A profane person is a person who has no room for God. A person who has no regard whatsoever for God. His disregard for Jesus is seen in his, his agreement of betrayal. He went to the high priest, went to the chief priest. They were delighted that Judas came to them because he was one of their own. They offered him 30 pieces of silver, which incidentally was the cost of a slave. Offered him that 30 pieces of silver. While he was making his deal, Jesus was in the garden. Jesus was praying. He was agonizing to the point to where he was sweating blood. That's why the soldiers were alarmed. That's why they were shaken when Jesus came out of the garden. His hair was filled with blood. His beard was filled with blood. His face was soaked with blood. As he came out of the garden, he was met with this crowd. John chapter 18. Turn over there if you will. And look at verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with the disciples of the brook of Kidron, where was a garden in which uh, he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said to him, Whom seek ye? And they answered, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. You know, a person will always stand where their heart is. I remember making a visit years ago of a person that had dropped out of church. I went to their home. I was reading this passage of Scripture late that afternoon. 
And I came down to that, that final verse there in verse 5. And it just simply said, Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. And God just, God just put that person's name on my heart and said, you need to go to that person. You need to visit with them. And you need to share that scripture with them. Verse 5. And so I did, and I went to that person's home. And I shared that I'd been missing them in church, and they'd not been in some time, and, and I encouraged them to start back to church. And, and then I told them, I said, I was studying this afternoon, and God came, God spoke to me and asked me to come to you and share a verse with you. And I shared verse 5 with that person. I said, I need to ask you a question. Does it bother you that you're standing with them and not with him. And the person looked at me and said, not one bit. You know, a person will always stand where their heart is. Where are you standing this morning? Where do you stand on moral issues? Where do you stand when your church is under attack? Where do you stand with, for the cause of Christ? Do you stand against him? Or do you stand with him? Mark chapter 14. Listen to verse 43. And immediately while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve... And with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goeth straightway to him and saith, Master, Master. And the Bible says, And he kissed him. Judas just steps forward and gives him a kiss to the chick of Jesus. Jerry Vine said this, and I liked it. He said, here was a man who kissed the gate of heaven and went to hell. But the story don't end with the kiss. Judas realizes what he'd done. Matthew says it repented him, but... His conscience bothered him. The word repent in this case doesn't mean a godly sorrow that leads to a change of heart. But he was filled with remorse and he was filled with regret. And he ran to the temple. He finds the high priest and he throws the 30 pieces of silver down. And the Bible says that he just went out and he hanged himself. Now let me ask you this question. And I'm finished. What would have happened if Judas had simply fallen at the feet of Jesus and said, Lord, I sold you out. I put material things first in my life. I had an inclination toward betrayal. I'm a profane man. I had no room in my heart for you. Please forgive me. Come into my heart and save me and change my heart, change my life. I give my life to you. 
What do you think would have happened? You see, it's too late for Judas. But it's not too late for you. You can repent and ask God to change your heart. And you can come to Jesus. You can stop hiding behind whatever you're hiding behind. And just be real with God. Say, God, I want to put you first in my life. I want to give my heart and my life to you. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. And I ask you to forgive me and come into my life and save me. This morning is Christ first in your life. What's your priority? You say, well, Brother Sammy, I never would do anything like Judas did. I never would. You know, we rarely ever think we'll do what we'll eventually do. What if I told you five years from now you would be a thief? Or five years from now you would be a drunkard? Or five years from now you would be an addict? Or five years from now you'd be out of church altogether? You'd say, Brother Sammy, I never would do that. But I can go down a list of friends of mine who are out of the ministry now who 10 years ago would have never thought they'd ever be out of the ministry. Is Christ number one in your life? You have a propensity based on being created in the line of Adam to sin. And we're profane and that we don't have room for Christ. That's why we accept Him as Lord of our life when we accept Him as Savior. Let's bow our heads just a moment for a prayer. Father, I come to You. I thank You this morning that we've had an opportunity just to study about this person called Judas. And so, Father, I pray for every person that's here today. And I pray for those who have never trusted You as Lord and Savior of their life. It's too late for Judas, but it's not too late for those that are in the sound of my voice. And so today I pray that if there's anyone here who has never trusted you, ask you to forgive them, to come into their life and save them, that they'd be willing to do that today. That their number one priority in their life would be you. And I pray, Lord, today that you would speak to every person's heart. Be with every Christian here. May we examine our hearts. And, Lord, see if we need to arrange or rearrange any priorities in our life. And, Lord, that we put you first in everything that we do. Father, I pray, Lord, for every person. Any other decision that people are struggling with this morning, I lift them up to you in prayer. And Father, perhaps unknowing to us, we really sell you out at times less than 30 pieces of silver. And so help us to realize, Lord, that we need to be careful in what we say and what we do each day. And that we need to follow you and be faithful and true. Be obedient in what you'd have us to do. Help us to to live the life 
that Christ lives in us. As people see us, they'll see you. Thank you for what you're going to do in this invitation. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Terry is going to lead us in hymn number 307. This morning, if, if the Spirit has spoken to you in any way, let me encourage you to come. If you're here, you've never trusted Christ, this would be a great day to do that. Put Him number one. Put Him first priority in your life. That's what He desires in each one of our lives. Let me ask you to stand as Terry leads us in 307. You come. Familiar Him. You come as we sing. Any